Whole sports all plays. Whole sports all plays. Whole sports all plays. We're making a place, you're talking the game, get you to the days. We're hiding the court, they're dying in the lane. Variety topics, living the same. All presentation, sports information. In the airways, taking the nation. All sport, all plays, they work in your faces. Grace at the field, so tie the laces. All sports, all plays. Welcome back to He's on Fire podcast, you guys. He's on fire! Day before. The calm before the storm. Uh, yesterday, or I guess it was Friday when we had Bo Brock on, I told you guys that I was kind of going down on my confidence level, right? That's where I was. Today, I'm feeling okay. I'm not feeling confident. I'm not feeling down. I'm just feeling a sense of peace with the Arizona Cardinals about to take on the Rams tomorrow. But today, we had a lot of football games going on. I don't know about you guys. I really didn't do a lot today. It was a three-day weekend for me. Today was a chill day. Got to watch the Phoenix Suns take down the Detroit Pistons, 135-108. We're going to cover that as well, too. And we're going to get into our special guest, Alex Clancy, the other half of Locked on Arizona Cardinals podcast. So... Thanks for tuning in. A lot to talk about. We're going to get into it here. He's on Fire Podcast. Let's go. Urkabici sets. Looks up. And it is caught. Dylan Strong. It's coming. Matthews. Palmer extending the play. Over there. Crosses the field. Larry Fitzgerald. There he goes. It's over. It's insane. To the four-yard line. Crowd are looking. Throws an alley. Oh! Well, here we go. Time to pick everything up for, for the Cardinals, you guys. Um, we've talked this to death. As I've said, I'm not feeling the greatest, but I'm feeling okay. One guy that's on the other, other side of the spectrum is Amit. This whole time, you have not felt comfortable about this game. You've been down on the Cardinals, down on them. Uh, you listened to Bo on our podcast when you couldn't make it. I know you're taking in other Cardinals content. Are you still feeling low on the Cardinals right now, or are, are you starting to creep up and feel confident? Um. No, I'm 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 not. So I'll tell this rejected. Starting it off bad. Come on. I mean, I got to be real, man. I got to be. I got to bring it for the, the other side. I mean, I had a dream the other day where the Cardinals were losing forty-two to seven in the third quarter, and I remember just looking at my TV, going, "That's next year's game." Yeah. Well, whatever it was, it was the Rams game. Like I remember specifically, it was like, "Oh, it's the Rams. It's a playoffs." And I remember thinking, "Oh, okay." Like it, it reminded me of that New Orleans Saints game that we lost or the Carolina game that we lost, like this, that feeling where you're just like, yeah, it's all, it's all fell apart. It's the whole thing fell apart. That being said, I mean, I don't think that's the case. I don't think we're going to get blown out like that. Although it can happen with turnovers and just, you know, just some shenanigans, but I, I don't know, man. I just, I'm still feeling, I'm still feeling woozy. Like I, I love Kyler, you know, you know how much love I have for him. You know how much trust I put into him just like Jay does, but there's just something about the defense and something about the play calling Something about the special teams 
that makes me worried. And that's fair. And I want to get into all of that because I have quite a few follow-up questions with you. Second of all, we have to bring in our second co-host, JJ. Are you still feeling confident as you were? You're the only one that picked like, what is it, 12 or 13 wins for the Cardinals this year? You were high yeah. up. I was like no, eight. I think I picked 12 too, though. I think I picked, you picked 12. 12? I picked yeah. like nine. I think they were going to go nine and eight or something like that or what? whatever it is with the weird schedule this year, but are you still confident, Jay? Ah, uh, man, it's just crazy nerves, man. <laughs> uh, I'm still on the, on the positive side of things, but man, I'm nervous as hell. I feel you. And now we need to bring in our special guest, Alex Clancy. How are we doing today? Good. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I know how you feel about the game, and I know kind of how you feel about the Cardinals the way we backed in. But the night before the game, less than 24 hours, how are you personally feeling now? I mean, it's Christmas because they're in the playoffs still, but it's kind of like a Christmas present you don't really want, but it's a present. You know, like mm. uh, the car, it could have been a lot different than how it is right now. But I mean, seeing how Dallas played. I mean, it's it's like the Rams are the worst opponent to have to play. Just even though Matthew Stafford's Matthew Stafford hasn't really played an important game in his career. Um, I don't know. I mean, they're going to be the healthiest they've been in a while from one to fifty three on game day. Even though DeAndre Hopkins is out, but still, I mean, it's just it's Sean McVay. That's really what it is. It's not so much who the Rams are. It's it's more Sean McVay. So watching a lot of the playoff games this weekend, as I'm assuming you have, uh, you see the Bengals take out the Raiders and Joe Burrow just yes. looking in control the whole game, calm, poised, making the right plays. You see the Bills just absolutely tear down the Patriots. The the Bucks and the Eagles today wasn't even a contest. It was wasn't it 28 nothing or 31 nothing before they scored 15 points the Eagles that is. And then you saw the 49ers do what they did and the Cowboys choke it away and now the Chiefs tonight. The point I'm trying to make is the teams that won played for the most part mistake free football. They looked calm, collected. They didn't shoot themselves in the foot and these are all attributes we haven't really seen from the Cardinals the last 4 to 5 weeks. Do you really think the Cardinals can just go in and turn it around, use Cliff's magic playbook and hope that J.J. Watt injects whatever it is he needs to inject into this team for us to come out with a victory? Do you see that as a possibility, Alex, or are they who we thought they were? Oh, no, they can for sure win this game. I mean, I think the focal point is the fact that James Conner most likely and Chase Edmonds will be on the field at the same time for the first time in a long time. So we've seen greatness from both of them in different you know, different phases, different ways. We haven't seen them both in, imp in important football games play together. And I feel like that's going to be the focal point of this offense, whether it be them getting the ball handed off or, or a dump down passes, whatever, Chase Evans in the slot. Any way to get A.J. Green and Christian Kirk to be forgotten about by the secondary and more focused on what's in front of them, that's the key. Because A.J. Green being a wide receiver one at this point in his career with DeAndre Hopkins being out isn't necessarily fair. Christian Kirk is kind of... um disappeared at times, but I feel like that's more play calling than anything. I, I think the focal point here is protecting Kyler Murray and having RB1 and RB1A on the field at the same time. So my follow-up question to that, I've, I've got two questions. One, before I get to my follow-up question, mm -hmm. I want to ask about the, the offensive line. But first, when it comes to the injuries, are we expecting Jordan Phillips to play at all? I know that would be a huge boost to finally see Jordan Phillips, Chandler Jones, Marcus Golden, J.J. Watt all on the field together and healthy, I think would be a huge boost. Do you expect him to play and Marco Wilson? I mean, it's, it's tough with Cliff Kingsbury because he gives us nothing. 
You know, you, you know, there's always oh, trending to play and then still haven't gotten official word. I don't think from the Cardinals that JJ Watts going to play. We just heard it from, from, Oh my God, what, what the hell's his name? Um, the, the, the bald UFC, the insider that it, it doesn't oh, matter. Yeah. Well, where's my brain? Um, but yeah, so with Marco Wilson trending, looking good, Jordan Phillips doesn't look as close to playing as Marco Wilson. But with J.J. Watt back, that's that's the main thing, not necessarily just because of his play on the field, but the respect of the opposing offensive line and the opposing offensive scheme has to plan around him. It opens up things for the linebackers, for Isaiah Simmons. It opens up things for them to not necessarily be focusing on running the ball as much because he's such a great run stopper and on third down with the pressure, his ability to bat the ball down um, is, is something Matthew Stafford's gonna have to think about also. So the fact that he's on the field is such an important thing. Jordan Phillips has been fine. I mean, that's one of the not so great contracts we've seen Steve Keim assign, you know, the last couple years. I mean, there haven't, there, there's been a lot of not so great ones, but um, if Marco Wilson can play, and J.J. Watt can play. I think they should be fine without Jordan Phillips, but obviously it'd be good if he does suit up. I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical about the whole J.J. Watt thing because they like he looked better like two weeks ago when he's fighting the goalpost than than he did like during <laughs> during the practice like the the last couple of days. And I'm like, how many snaps is he actually going to get? And is are the Rams really going to game plan for him? Because I feel like they're just going to go. Okay, you want to play single coverage? We're not going to do anything special for you. Yeah, it's a good question. And and this is something that I've been pounding the table for for years. Make your best players active even if they don't play. Who cares? Like like with Derrick Henry with with the Titans. I cuz they were saying oh he's not going to play. Well, listen, in in their it if a game's close, you play your stars that's hurt. If the game's not close, you don't. So I don't know how much he's going to play, but the fact that he's it's trending to be active, that's enough for them to have to even, for them to have to think about it. Which is something that's more important than if he was, you know, ruled out or, or, or you know, if, if he was out for the year or whatever. But the thing that you need to focus on here is Clay Thompson towards ACL in the NBA Finals game. That means he's out for all of next year. So that's something that you need to think about JJ Watt. Like it's not just this year. If he gets hurt again, he could be out for the majority of next season also. So it's just another thing they have to think about when going into the game tomorrow night. But no, that's a great point. Uh, switching sides to the offensive line real quick. And then JJ, I know you got a question or two, I'm sure. What are your realistic expectations for our offensive line? Considering this is what the third or fourth game now that we're all going to be together. Yeah. It, as this offensive line goes as Rodney Hudson goes and, and it's been pretty apparent. I don't think that's, um, I don't think that's reinventing the wheel there. Like, what we saw last year with Justin Pugh and on the left and Justin Murray or whoever it was on the right, Josh Jones from Times and Mason Cole in the center, it's those guys, like everybody has to, you know, cover for a weakened guy that's right next to them. With Rodney Hudson, Rodney Hudson covers up some weak spots in the interior of the offensive line. It's it's obvious. And we're not even talking about, you know, the uh, the snapping snafus and everything we saw otherwise when he wasn't playing. Rodney Hudson is the spine of this offensive line, and Kelvin Beecham has been a vision for the, especially for the price point where they brought him back for two mil. Mm -hmm. And then DJ Humphreys has been worth his weight in gold with the contract that they gave him. You know, he's not missed games. He missed one game this year. And the thing is, with the injuries aside from Justin Pugh, they've been COVID related for the majority of the time. So obviously, you don't want anybody to contract anything. We're not talking about that, but like these aren't knee injuries. They're not shoulder injuries. They're sick flu injuries which can be overcome you know with this hopefully you know with the lung capacity being fine but i mean it, it goes as rodney hudson goes is one of my favorite things to say on top of it is 
the best offensive lineman the Arizona Cardinals have had since 2019 is Kyler Murray's legs, and that's what it's going to continue to be. He makes people's jobs easy when he's able to elude, you know, pass rushers inside the pocket. It's going to be difficult there in Donald, but he's able to get out of situations that many other quarterbacks are not. Uh, yeah, uh, I totally agree with that. Um, uh, when we had Bo on, uh, I uh, asked him, uh, like, who really needs to like stand out and stuff uh, on both sides of the ball. And uh, I, like he I gave a couple of names and stuff and yeah, everyone needs to step up at the end of the day, but uh, with Rondale possibly coming back, uh, you think the offense is mostly going to go through him or Kirk? This is Christian Kirk's go get a contract game. You want to get a contract? Go show that you're worth a contract. I mean, he's obviously shown at times when when they find him down the field for chunk gains, they found it. They, they uh, there was a big one. I think in week 18 there was one the week before. Like Christian Kirk at his peak is a fringe. You know, he's a wide receiver one and a half. You know, like he's not going to be. He's yeah. not going to be a wide receiver one. It's not a Tyreek Hill. It's not anything like that. But he's fast. He's got good hands, and they he just gets lost in this offense. It's him. He's heating up. Yeah, see, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's him. This is Christian Kirk. People have said, you know, that he's a th- almost thousand yard receiver. He's no blah 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 blah. Go prove it. Go prove that you can carry this team from the wide receiver position with the best wide receiver out with DeAndre Hopkins. So I think it's him. I mean, Rondell Moore. All I want Cliff Kingsbury to do is to throw the ball on the other side of the line of scrimmage to Rondell Moore. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. That's it. It's baby steps. Yeah. Like Rondell Moore, unfortunately has kind of proven that he did, he hasn't played a full season in college for a reason since his freshman year because he's been injured, and he's been injured. It's something that's kind of get swept under the rug because they've been winning, and then when they haven't been winning, things get magnified a little bit. He hasn't been relevant for two months, whether it be injury or otherwise. He had 11 catches for 60 yards or something in one game a handful of weeks back, but he hasn't really been a difference maker. Don't you think like all these receivers, all the ones that you're talking about, the magnet, the 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 gravity that DeAndre Hopkins had on the field opened up everything for those guys. Yeah, I mean it's true. I mean, that, it just it, they don't they're not the same because Christian but, Kirk isn't the same. You know, he he was getting a lot of stuff through um, just spontaneity of of Kyler Murray scrambling out of the pocket and just finding him downfield. You know, now it's just like it's kind of predictable. It's like let's just throw it to Ertz if if nothing downfield's open because nobody can get open because you know the zone or the man bracket coverage, whatever it is, is taking away AJ Green and Kirk and, and we don't have anything else. So I don't know. Like I feel like we really need Rondo Moore. Like I, I don't think we can win this game without Rondo Moore. I just yeah, I mean it's it's probably true, but with Taylor Rapp out and them signing a 37 year old safety to play over the top, like <laughs> if they can't do it against this defense, regardless of how good Jalen Ramsey is and how good Aaron Donald is, there are bigger problems that are abound. And I'm not so sure they're not Otherwise, but uh, going, but you're right. I mean, it's it's all hands on deck. I guess is is one way to put it. But it, it it really is going to go through the running backs. It needs to go through the running backs. The Chase Edmonds, James Conner. I mean, even Eno Benjamin, whoever. If they can rush the ball for 150 yards collectively and get a couple touchdowns on the ground, they're gonna win tomorrow night. And I think that needs to be that needs to be the game plan. Realize of how good Kyler Murray is. My hesitation about being overly confident is knowing what Sean McVay has done in the playoffs and postseasons runs, what knowing what Aaron Donald has done, Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey, 
obviously impact players up and down their roster that have proved it and have nothing else to prove. If if they're if half of their careers ended right now, they would be first ballot Hall of Famers. And I don't think a lot of people would question that. We have nothing but unproven guys on our side, with the exception to Chandler Jones, with with a little bit with New England. Zach Ertz, obviously. There, there's a few guys sprinkled in here, but Cliff Kingsbury, he never even coached in a high bowl game. Right. He never even coached in a uh, championship game at the college level. Kyler Murray never played at it. And every time they had a chance, that pairing in the NFL to take the division this year, to get into the playoffs last year, they, they failed and squandered. Where are your thoughts on Cliff Kingsbury and what he can or maybe won't do in this game to win it? Because you, you know as well as I do, he does things that you probably wouldn't do playing Madden. Right. So I'm having a hard time getting past Cliff Kingsbury at this point. I feel like I trust our players. Just give me your thoughts and some verbal diarrhea on, on Cliff Kingsbury. I was really hoping we wouldn't have to talk about this. Tonight. I really want to. So the, uh, the tweet that I put out seemingly every week now is Cliff Kingsbury's never won an important NFL game. Right. Ever. Ever. And well, what about the games leading up to this? They didn't matter. They didn't matter. Ask the 49ers how much the beginning of the regular season mattered compared to now. 7-0, and 10-2, you lose to Detroit on the road. That's a wrap for me. Now, with what, what we've seen from Cliff over the entirety of his NFL coaching career with the Cardinals is, my um, what, I, what do I say about that? Oh, so have you guys seen the, uh, the show Entourage? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Love yeah. So, okay, perfect. This is going to work out really well then. So, <laughs> when the movie Medellin was terrible, but they were able to sell a good trailer, that's Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury, <laughs> you put a trailer yeah, together great. of his play calling in a game, it's masterful. But second one to, to the last second of the game, it's Garbaggio. And that's that's what we've seen. And we continue to see that over and over and over again. The Cardinals should not be in the position they're in. He's the reason why they're in this position, in my opinion. People can be happy to be here. I, I accuse Bo of the happy to be here stance of this, where it's like, well, you know, they're making the playoffs. They they started 10 and 2. They're 11 and 6. They ended 11 and 6. A competent, good head coach would not have put gotten them into this situation here. They'd be the one seed or the two seed. They'd at least be hosting a playoff game. So the fact that we're here is because of the weak leadership role that is void that's that's it's a void in this organization. Look at Mike McCarthy tonight. That's the Cardinals. Yeah. That's it right there. That's it right there. Now I'm not saying they would have called a a run play with with 15 seconds left like idiots, but, but they've we've done that though. Yeah, we I mean that. it's I remember Kyler had we, a run. We did that last year. Yeah. When he yeah. When Kyler was hurt after his ankle injury and it's third and 19 or third and 14, Cliff Kingsbury draws up a QB draw play in the third quarter when we're supposed to be trying to get to the playoffs. Yeah, He's done that, but he's done that before. So now, damn, damn. I mean, having said that though, we've, we have like, there's been this huge safety net all year. So they're going to make the playoffs at, t- at 10 and two. They're like, they're going to make the playoffs. It doesn't matter who they're going to clinch. They needed Sean McVay to clinch a playoff spot for them. Okay, so that happened, and then now there's no safety net. So if the Cardinals win, it's it's a revisitable conversation. If the Cardinals lose by ten or more, and it's not like a a, a, a you know a thirty four thirty one game where it could have gone either way to whoever has the 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 ball last wins. Yeah, I'm I'm done. I'm done. It's like you know what? Cool. You can wait. You can wait. Steve Kipe should have been fired three times already. You can wait. <laughs> 
or you can do the Bill Belichick thing and go a year too early instead of a year too late. And I just, I, I don't understand the absolute just inherent love for Cliff Kingsbury just because they were three and 13 before he got hired. It's a completely different team. This may well be an expansion team compared to who was on the roster when they were three and 13. And I've always kind of thought that's going to happen no matter who we draft and you get a new coach and a whole new system, right? You're going to have a different team. You're going to obviously do upgrades, minor upgrades. Okay. But if I told you at the beginning of the season, I'm sure you've had this conversation before that we were going to be 11 and six, we were going to make the playoffs. Would you have been happy? Or is it just because of the way we got into the playoffs? You're, you're upset about that. Um, yeah, I mean, if if I woke up after a three month slumber and you told me the Cardinals were the five seed and they were eleven and six, you're like, sweet. But I mean, the reason why I have an issue with Cliff Kingsbury is the first seven weeks, and especially the games on the road, it was the defense that set up the offense with short fields the entire time. It was a pick six against Jacksonville to get them back in that game. It was five five sacks and two strip sacks from Chandler Jones, short field touchdowns. The first strip sack from Chandler Jones in week one. The Cardinals were set up inside the five-yard line. A penalty and a timeout back-to-back. That's all I needed to see. I started tweeting out initially. Nothing's changed from last year. The defense has just set them up with better spots, and they have more talent on this roster. And James Connors here, and they ran the ball inside the five-yard line and scored touchdowns when Kenyon Drake couldn't do it last year. Like, that's the I, difference. I made this point, like, if, when we were 10-2, and two, and I said, look, like, my concern with the defense is that the the turnover ratio because it's way way too high than than a sustainable it's not a, a sustainable level for a team yeah, and then yeah. and then but then my counterpoint to that was okay well the goal line defense has been solid and then yeah. the goal line defense fell apart because obviously of injuries and whatnot and then the turnovers haven't come back so yeah i mean we're that that's where i'm like how we we can't win this game without at least two turnovers yeah, I mean it's it's really just and to encapsulate your point, it's like like when everything's in a vacuum and everything's going well, like the Dallas game, the Cardinals can win. They're good, you know, they're a good team. I mean, they can win those games. When one thing goes wrong, everything falls apart, and that's leadership, that's stability, and the the Cardinals just with Cliff Kingsbury, they lack that. And I'm sorry for people that like this isn't a negative take. It's like watch the last six weeks or seven weeks of the season and tell me that this team is led correctly by the right head coach. Jared Goff always won because of Sean McVay. Okay. Cliff King, uh, Kyler Murray is winning despite Cliff Kingsbury. And we're seeing it constantly over and over again. He's clipping this whole offense's wings. And the one question I ask, I didn't know we were going to go to negative town. Sorry. The one question I ask is if Cliff King, if the offense isn't the strength, of the Arizona Cardinals, why is Cliff Kingsbury here? Why? If Kyler Murray's not getting better every game, why is Cliff Kingsbury here? That's Boom why he- shakalaka! Boom! Sorry to interrupt, I had to. That's why. That was tournament edition. Boom shakalaka there. Why <laughs> Why is he here? Answer that question for me. He was well, hired because of Kyler Murray and to make this offense better. You do not get credit from going 3-13 and 13 to 5 wins the next year. That is exactly my point with any coach that fails in the in the NFL or even college. Herm Edwards, for example, he's a defensive back player. If you cannot coach your defensive backs to be a top 10, top 15 unit, and they're the bottom third of all of college football, and that's what you did, what good are you? And that's what we've kind of argued about with Cliff Kingsbury is if we're supposed to be an offensive team with an offensive coach, we need to go out there and act like it. And Ahmed, I, I want to challenge your point 
just a little bit when you say like it's not a sustainable number to what we did. A lot of these turnovers aren't like overthrows from a lot of quarterbacks too or something. They are turnovers that we went out and forced, right? They are forced errors. So we obviously do have that ability, but to the level that we were doing it on the short field, that was the anomaly portion of it. JJ, we haven't heard from you for a while. What, What else do you have for Alex? Uh, like literally what Alex said is kind of like my feelings for the last six, seven weeks, man. Like it, it like, uh, like your exact point of, uh, you know, like if the dominant, uh, like the dominance part of this team, isn't the offense and why is cliff here? That's literally been the question for the last two, three years. And, and I tweeted the other day, uh, you guys probably saw the video of Kyler, like throwing his helmet on the ground and, uh, yelling at, um, uh, one of his, uh, uh, coaches and stuff uh and people were talking about you know like you know his leadership and all this shit of like oh at least kyler cares and stuff i really think uh like cliff is stunting kyler's growth in a sense and i think that's what uh stefanski did with baker so oh uh, you, like I, i'm seeing similarities you know it's just like hmm. he's running these college plays that just don't work at the level you know we're running screen plays and no one's setting screens we're throwing these fade routes to like just to nobody and like i feel like kyler can't like like flourish the way that he wants to and he wants to use his legs as a luxury i totally get that you don't want to be running all the time and i just hope he leaves everything on the table tomorrow like, now uh, if he sees the pocket take it just run dude don't now force it. is the time to do it yeah, we're not saving it, it for the playoffs like it, it it is the playoffs. so alex do you think kyler murray is going to have the best game of his career which is what cliff kingsbury said what a jackass thing to say it's like you know what he's gonna <laughs> save my ass he's got to save my ass like so, so we've had um, Stephen Bacca, longtime trainer of Kyler's, on our pod a couple times. He's known Kyler since he was a sophomore in high school. He told us some some uh, anecdotes from Kyler. Like Kyler Murray's been the best player on the field every second he's been on the field, even in that Alabama playoff game where their defense spotted Alabama twenty one points. Kyler was still the best player on the field after that. Like if you watch the second half of that game, Kyler Murray was still the best player. Um, Kyler Murray needs to play within himself. And we don't know what that means yet because this is his first playoff game. And it sounds like a cop out, but the fact that Cliff Kingsbury says that, shut up. Like, well, I think he's gonna do it. I do. Because you know what? I need my I need my job. I, I need my ass saved. Like Cliff Kingsbury's the same guy that said when they signed JJ Watt, uh, he's a guy you don't want to let down. It's like you're the head coach. It's like stop fawning at somebody like like it's the, a new Instagram model for you. Like, I I, I don't understand. Cliff Kingsbury's thought process when he says things like that, when he says things like that, I'm sure it was somewhat tongue in cheek, but Kyler Murray needs to play within himself and just go ball out. Like he's, he's been the best and it's a little different now because the NFL, because it's the NFL. But I feel like with what we've seen from him this year, we've seen growth in important times and we just need to see it again. And he just can't, you know, he can't throw bad interceptions. And that's kind of like the, the calling card for why the Cardinals have lost games down the stretch or one of the reasons why I think he's going to play really well. And I think you're right. Like running the ball, he just has to do it once. He's, he's got to snap off a 25 yarder one time to keep the defense honest. And he won't really need to do it the rest of the time. Exactly. Man, you just spit out so many things that I'm still trying to, to take in because I talk fast. Oh no, all of what you're saying is true. And that's what what I'm like trying not to think about, but that's just it's there. Everything that you're saying is truth. 
and and it's frustrating to watch. So I'm guessing if we do lose this game, you're on the I'm done with Cliff Kingsbury train, right? We're, you're just done with him. As, as you said, if it's not like a three-point game or something close, you're done with him and you want to move on. But what does that say about Steve Keim? Are you, what about Steve Keim? Are you a fan of his at this point? No. Oh, you're he, he should, yeah, I know. Sorry. No, he he should never have made this higher. Like, so it's funny. Before the Hail Murray of the, uh, the actual Hail Mary, it was I called it the Hail Mary for his job when he drafted Kyler Murray. And it, it makes sense. Like, the storyline makes sense. It, if they win a playoff game, they're both – I mean, they'll get – like, if they win a playoff game, this trajectory can change a little bit. You know? Like, if they lose tomorrow, I'm done. There's no more – there's no more, you know, mulligans. There, there's no more Cliffigans. <laughs> like, there's there's no more. Um, and I don't think it's a negative thing to say. I just think it's he's holding this team back. Now, if they can go out and put together a good game plan and execute it, and they can get a couple balls bounce their way, you know, we'll see what happens. But Steve Keim, yeah, I mean, Steve Keim, I don't know why he still, I don't know why he still has his job. They're the worst drafting team over the last decade. Like, I, I don't, I don't get it. I honestly don't get it. I agree. I'm all on board with trading our first round draft pick for like Calvin Ridley if he's actually available. I mean, give me D Hop and Calvin Ridley all day long. I'm it. You have had a shocked face for the past six to seven minutes. <laughs> I want to hear from you right now. Yeah, I mean, look, like, so I, there's a book called Soccernomics. If you guys are soccer fans, you should read it. It talks really a lot about how if you get rid of your coach, if you continue to get rid of your coach and GM, you're just, you're not going to get anywhere. Like, you may have, you know, a year up, but then you'll have a few years down. And then you have to go back and get a new coach and, and, and GM. Honestly, like I, I like what Kime does in the offseason where he gets these players on these minimum deals, the prove it deals, and get some players in and they've proven their success. You can go back to like Dwight Freeney, like you can go back. Like he's got a whole bunch of guys that he's Antonio brought in. Antonio Cromarty. Cromarty, like it just Kerry Rhodes, like a bunch of guys, right? Bold. And um, so you know, I like what he's doing there. You know, his draft picks, I think the last couple of years have been better than there was a couple of years where they were really bad, but like, you know, getting Byron Murphy. You know, I think he was like a fifth rounder or something. I mean, they, they've done some 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 pretty good things. second rounder. OK, um, but uh, I think he's drafted pretty well in the last few years. I'm not ready to see these guys leave yet because I just don't like that. Unless it's Eric B unless it's Eric B Otherwise, yes, for sure. hundred percent. Bring him in. Otherwise, I think we have to roll with what we have. And yeah. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. Al Alex, I mean, if we do, if we do let Cliff go, I mean, what's what is what is the what is a sustained solution? I mean, have somebody else hire have somebody else hire a, a head coach not named uh, Steve Keim. Like it's it's gonna be it's gonna be all or nothing. Now they're not gonna get rid of Cliff this year, so all of these you know it, it's we don't know who's going to be available after after next season. Um, I just what you want to avoid and what I'm hoping the Cardinals can avoid. And, and I understand. I'm like, I, I get starting over is not always ideal. It's the kind of the devil, you know, situation. That's what the Cardinals have been living in for the last 10 years with Steve Kime. So you've been living with the devil, you know, I think it's time, you know, we've seen the ceiling here of what, of what his acumen is. He is the worst drafter we've seen over the last 10 years. Now, sure. You get Byron Murphy. Cool. They traded up to draft Buda Baker. That was probably the best draft pick they made. 
Okay. DJ Humphreys was the first first round pick that he signed to an extension that he drafted since 2013. And it took seven years. Like that's not, that's not this whole thing about bringing in older guys. I get it. But imagine being able to bring in older guys and draft. Well, like imagine both, like people are saying that, Oh, you know, Andy Isabella, they could have drafted DK Metcalf, but then they would have traded for Deandre Hopkins. Why not? The Cardinals could have had both right now, but Andy Isabella led the nation in receiving FCS or whatever UMass is in. So they drafted him instead of an absolute droid in DK Metcalf. This, this offense would look completely differently. They drafted Hassan Reddick. They drafted Isaiah Simmons when Tristan Wurst was there and he graded the highest out of any tackle in Super Bowl. His like, like the writing has been on the wall for a long time. So I feel like, this is two years overdue instead of having just to start over. Because I get it. Nobody wants to start over. But Would like, you rather have I'm, Tristan Wurst or Isaiah Simmons? I'd rather Tristan Wurst a million really? times out of – oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because without Kyler Murray, it doesn't matter. Sure. Without Kyler Murray, none of this works. Yeah, but that flexibility that Simmons brings on defense, I don't know. Like you, you Those types of players are, are few and far between that can play multiple positions, have the speed, and the tackling ability. Yeah, I just – and that's not 100% fair because he's uh, still a work in progress and he's still a kid, right. you know, sure. but I mean, Tristan works immediately, immediately. And I know it's easier to play uh, tackle it with, with Tom Brady under center because he gets rid of the ball every three, you know, in less than three seconds. But I don't know, man. I, I'll always go offensive line, defensive line over any DB or wide receiver with the exception of like Jalen Ramsey or something like that. Right. That's just, that's me. Now, now to back you up though, I was screaming, laughing, and happy that they drafted Isaiah Simmons at eight on draft day. Okay, so I was one hundred percent on board because of what we saw. I mean, he just devoured the ACC, and when he was at Clemson, but I don't know, it's just taking a little longer than expected. So, what are your X factors tomorrow for the Cardinals to win? What are two or three keys that that you, that we need to do to to come out with a dub? It's funny. It's Isaiah Simmons. Is one. I mean, with JJ Watt up front now, it's gonna allow Isaiah Simmons to you know, it's gonna allow Isaiah Simmons to do a little bit more of of what he does, see quarterback, hit quarterback. The X factor is they're gonna have to get in um in Matthew Stafford's kitchen. That's one. And then number two, it's Christian Kirk on offense. Like they'll run the ball with both guys. Christian Kirk needs to have a pay me game, or the Cardinals aren't gonna win. Like he needs to be able to keep that secondary honest because I, I'm assuming Jalen Ramsey is going to be up on on AJ Green, so Christian Kirk's going to have to have to be an impact maker. I completely agree. I also want to see as many runs as possible. I want to see Chase out of the backfield, going left, going right, going wide. I want to see James Conner in the correct positions, goal line stands uh, inside the twenties on both sides of the field and, and short field. I want to see both of them catching passes out of the backfield with draw with a uh, not draw play screen plays. I also want to see Rondale Moore coming across an end and, and going out, but then turn to go north and south. No more east yes. and west stuff. I want to see as many design run plays as we possibly can and short screenplays, and that includes Christian Kirk and that. And I think if we do enough of those plays to spread everything out, I really feel like we are going to have an opportunity with play action at that point to go over the top to those safeties. Uh, JJ, do you're you have any fun? What? Uh, you're forgetting one play that... 
he freezes right on the wildcat that's been the most effective thing that we've been running <laughs> i actually wouldn't mind oh, did you hear me I, 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 yeah yeah the wildcat i actually wouldn't mind seeing that a handful of times tomorrow i mean empty the playbook go balls to the wall and come out come out clean on the other side jj do you have anything final for alex before we uh let him get out of here uh like um yeah the x factor uh thing you know, like i tweeted a couple of days ago that christian kirk needs to be treated as wide receiver one just You've been on that train. offensively looking in like uh if we get rondell back he needs to like we saw in the beginning of the season his catching capability down the field you know him in the slot it works against some like some opponents but we saw uh rondell in week four against the rams he played great and i i feel like we can really utilize his speed and his catching ability down the field too so if we can use aj green just as kind of like a like a backup backup uh down the field and stuff like we like we know what he can do on uh one-on-one situations you know he's one of the uh, taller receivers in the league next to like julio and aj brown but uh yeah i 100 agree christian kirk needs to be that x factor i think kyler is going to come into his own to play his game i think he's going to kind of keep clip out of his head a little bit um and like like it comes down to the offensive line too because the last six seven weeks have been uh garbage uh, 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 josh jones game blown through max garcia like goofing up and then uh when um humphreys came back um you know he like he was just game blown through so like if Kyler has at least three, four seconds to just see down the field, I like, I think we have a chance, but on, uh, on the defensive side of things, you know, like if JJ Watt is playing, there's no reason why this D line can't cor- like corrupt and like uh, have uh, Matt staff on, on the run because he's not good on the run. And JJ Watt was Matt staff's nightmare in week four. So uh, that's everything that I'm going to be looking for- forward to. And I hope Chandler Jones and Marcus Golden have like, the games over lives. So. Yeah. Uh, re- and real quick, Alex, one thing that I had on my notes, I forgot to ask, uh, have you heard anything about Matt Stafford's foot or toe or an injury that's bothering him? I've seen a few things here or there, but have you officially seen anything? It'll be fine. He's a gamer. I mean, do you remember that, that video that went viral? I think it was his rookie year where his arm fell off and he ended up leading his team down to a, to a game winning, to a game winning, uh, led them on a game winning drive to win. Now he'll, he'll be fine. All right, well, there it is, Alex. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, tell everybody where, where they can check you out and uh, see and hear your work. Uh, at Clancy's Corner on Twitter, you can follow the podcast with Bo Brock and myself at Locked On AZ Cards and subscribe on YouTube. And we'll Perfect. be there for halftime tomorrow doing a live show. Halftime tomorrow live show. We're going to be doing a live show as well too. So come and check us out as well. Thank you so much, man. You have a good one. Okay, we appreciate yeah. you coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me, Alex. Of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. Thanks. That was awesome. Another another awesome local Arizona podcast sports celeb that we get on our on our little old podcast. We appreciate everybody being able to come out. Please uh, smash Hulk, smash the like button, whatever Sons Geek says. Um, Hit the like button. Share this out. Please listen to us on Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts. Apple Podcasts, all that stuff, and subscribe as well. We really appreciate everybody's support in this. And Facebook is blowing up too, so please like on Facebook and share us out as well if you guys are on there. A lot of information we've gotten the past few days. We have overblown every single possible topic. I want to hear your guys' final predictions. JJ, can we start with you? And I'm going to full screen you. 
Um, my screen is black. What the hell? Uh, you're, you you're on. You're, yeah, you're on full screen. You're good. Okay. Um, my my predictions. I think Kyler's going to have a great game. Um, I I just hope JJ Watt comes and he's at least eighty percent. Uh, uh, plays like thirty to thirty five snaps. Um, I think it's going to be a tight game. Uh, I'm gonna roll with. 27 21 Cardinals. I'll take it. Yeah. I will take I'm nervous it. As, I'm nervous as hell, man. Ugh. 27 21. You're up, Amit. Oh, man. It's hard for me to give a prediction. If I was to give a score, it was going to be 27 21 cards. But I just, I've been let down by this team so many times, whether it's playoffs or this season, right? The Carolina game, the, the Detroit game. Um, like games where we, where we could have shown up. If we just shown up, we probably would have won the game and we the didn't Seattle game that we just played the, C- the Seattle game. Another sense one. of urgency. We, we, we need to have that urgency. We can't, so, we can't and, and, like play. And there's a lot of guys that we have not like Marcus golden. We have not talked about him because he hasn't done anything. Um, you know, JJ Watts coming back. Let's see if, if he's a hundred percent, if it's a smoke screen, what it is. Um, Chandler Jones has been inconsistent, even though he had that strip sack, recovery the last game but he didn't do anything else that game um the secondary is beat up hopefully we get marco wilson back um you know without and i think alfred said he might try to play too is that right no he ain't gonna play he's not he's playing still right? on, he's still on ir i don't know what where i saw that so um but yeah i'm just Probably i just feel like we've got I feel like <laughs> <laughs> i don't know man I'm he's gonna, on fire I'm gonna say 27, 21 cards, but I don't, that's I'm just going off JJ. I don't know, man. I don't have one, and I'm not gonna make one. I'm going with what Wait. Blake Murphy's. I'm going with what Blake Murphy said on Wednesday, and that is we are a vibes team, and I am just going to go with the vibe. And right now, I feel a calming peace that things are going to be okay. I can't explain it. It's it's how I felt for for a handful of really big games recently i've just felt the calming peace that things are going to be okay and i'm just gonna leave it at that i don't want to make a prediction i feel like i'm gonna jinx it i I know i'm being childish and stupid and i'm the one that's like jinxes aren't a thing wear whatever you want and make sure you wash your underwear and socks if that's your thing you don't believe in or whatever it is and i just i have a calming sense about this yesterday i was nervous the days leading up my confidence is growing much like Bo. And you know what? That's okay. And I think we need to leave the Cardinals talk just to that. Can I say one more thing? No, I just said we're <laughs> one more thing. One more, but this is it. It's like, it's Cliff, like my, my toddler. And okay. Last one. <laughs> Cliff, if you're listening, prove the world wrong because everybody's been saying the same thing. So that's all I'm gonna say. Like, good, like you're in the hot call. seat. So, good call. Um, and and on that lines, I do want to bring up that uh, Todd. Thank you for coming in and listening again, man. We really appreciate you. I want a vet QB or a guy that can lead and talk to his guys on the sideline and rally his guys. I I think that really reflects more on Cliff Kingsbury. Teams take on the identity of their head coach. And Roger. and. Uh, uh, like Rogers learned from Favre, Brady learned from Belichick. 
um you know kyler you know he doesn't kyler's learning coach kyler's learning <laughs> from an instagram model yeah yeah so, um yeah you're, you're right though go out and prove everybody else wrong like i'm i'm on board with that message he has to show like this will be his game to show leadership are you a play caller or are not, you a head coach are you not even just program not even leadership like i don't care about your leadership if your plays are like the most dope plays perfectly called you know what i mean you, you know i don't I don't know if you need a leader of men in the when it comes to the NBA and the NFL. I I almost think you need to learn how to deal with what you're going through, more like a uh, Phil Jackson type of coach, where he's not like necessarily in charge of them leading him or anything like that. He's just, just making them plays, focus man. on. He's just making them focus yeah. on certain things. I mean, he would go out and do yoga stuff to make sure that their their mind is is somewhere else and and you know they're focusing. But I. I you know, you don't need to be motivated to play in the NFL or NBA. You don't need to get motivated by somebody else. You, you don't need to be a, a, a leader. You know what I mean? These are all grown men that make more money than the head coach. You just need somebody that can go out there, show them that you're preparing and do the homework, and call the correct plays, make the right calls when you need to, throw the challenge flag when you need to, and they will look up to you at that point, and you will be the leader at that point. You don't need to go out and prove that you were the leader. And I'd like to see that from, from Cliff Kingsbury. But you know what? We are officially done with talking about the Cardinals game until tomorrow, 6 p.m. local time, when we are going to be doing a full live stream. I will be here in its entirety. Amit, I'm sure you're going to be having kids running around, so I don't know if you're going to be joining. Maybe you can join in left and right here or there. Yeah, I may just pop in here and there. Do, can you come in on pregame for us though? Pregame for fifteen minutes at six six o'clock, which is yeah, five for really you. Do. Yeah, I should really do that. Leave uh, the computer J on and just like turn off your camera and just come back and forth. Yeah, and whatever you can do. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, JJ, are you going to be able to join us for the entirety of the game, or you got to hop in and out? Uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna be here 100. Like, I've got a few guests lined up. A few weren't gonna be able to do it and chose not to because it is a game, and I totally, totally appreciate that. But we're gonna be here tomorrow at six o'clock, live streaming the whole thing. And we also got the Suns and Spurs going to today's game between the Suns and Pistons. Were you guys able to watch it at all? Yeah, I was hooping in the morning, so I missed it. I caught the highlights. I was trying to catch in as we're hooping. It. But, it, but I mean, it, it, was it like wasn't was going to happen. The only thing was the Aiden injury. That was the only thing yeah. really to take away. And the book, the book uh, put back was probably the two Beautiful. most important that, things. Yep. That uh, agreed. When it comes to the Aiden injury, part of me just feels like this is more of a chance for Jalen Smith, Biombo, and McGee to prove their worth, which might affect us re-signing DeAndre Aiden because people are going to be like, look what we did without him. Right. And I'm starting to get to the point where I almost want to agree but I think I'm I'm off base there, and I think a lot of that biasness comes from me just being a Sun Devils fan first and foremost, but also not wanting to pay him this big ass contract because of that max contract I think is reserved for Trey Young, Luca, guys that are up there on the food chain when it comes to being able to score 25 plus points and be an absolute game changer on offense. I just don't think he's at that level. Doesn't mean I don't want him to resign him. I just don't want to. But as I said on this podcast multiple times, I think we're going to be forced to. Yeah, you didn't miss much of anything else. You missed a Cade Cunningham show that was really nice to watch until the goddamn refs decided to call a technical foul on him and kick him out of the game. That was dumb. I was really enjoying watching How him. Do you get first tech? I don't even was know. I have to watch. 
I, I no, I watch the game on mute because I've got my son who's watching like Coco Melon or something like that, you know, and I'm off doing things. And so I'm catching part of the game in the first half. I don't even know how we got it. If anybody in the chat knows, uh, l- let me know who he's talking to. The book dunk was nice because as Vlog said, he was talking to Tyler Ulis, who was sitting in the stands. And it's cool because books from there, he took an Instagram shot of the 2004 Detroit Pistons banner that was hanging as he was walking out you know he said it was his favorite franchise i'm not from michigan but my whole family's from there and i lived up there for like seven eight years we have a family cottage up there on the lake so i have a little you know a little warm heart for the pistons but i was also picked on by effing pistons fans when i whenever i would wear a steve nash or a mari jersey back in high school so it always feels good to beat a detroit team but i do have a soft spot for the pistons you didn't miss anything else there was no real weird lineups there was no weird offensive play scheme it it was just it was a good game but i will say this cameron Payne is not back but cameron Payne is not as bad as everybody makes him out to be he looked good i've rambled on about this game what do you think jj um yeah i mean it was just like a solid performance from just about everybody uh at da was playing uh pretty well until he rolled that ankle um like he's gonna be fine it looks like uh he's gonna be fine but yeah he's just having a bad stretch of bad luck, you know, COVID and then him hurting his knee in the beginning of the season. Now with his rolled ankle, you know, it's just more time out and stuff, but, but don't you I think, think it's, like, I'm, I'm you know. starting to wonder like if these Puma shoes are the problem. Cause he had, he did the same thing last year where he rolled his ankle and he missed a bunch of games. Yeah. And I'm just thinking like, is it the Puma shoes now? Bro, I've, I've rolled my, I each have a ankle. pair. They are very comfortable. Like I don't I, think I've rolled really. each ankle ten to twelve times. I've torn ligaments in each ankle. I've tried different well, brands of shoes. I've tried wider ones. I've tried level three, level one, two, and three. You know, ankle braces. Time. It yeah. just he stepped on books. He stepped on Booker's foot. I mean, once you step on somebody else's foot, dude, you know as well as I do, it's over, regardless of what you're wearing. Well, the reason I'm bringing it up is because Puma's not known for having basketball shoes. Like they, they were kind of coming out when Aiden came out, came in. He's, they he re-signed with them shoes. too, bro. So he's going to be wearing them. I know, and that's the thing. Yeah. And I'm wondering because I don't because Pumas. I don't know if you guys have ever worn them. Just their other shoes, but they're just flat-footed mm-hmm. shoes. They're like Converse. Yeah, they're not like athletic shoes. They're trying to make them athletic shoes, but I don't know how good their technology. Maybe is. that's why him and uh, Marvin Bagley keep getting hurt, or Marcus Bagley. No, Marvin's the one that got drafted. Marcus is that yeah. ASU. Uh, I have uh, uh, two, three pairs, and they're solid basketball shoes. Okay, okay. Uh, uh, yeah, they're, they're pretty good. Uh, I have uh, a, a uh, one uh, da wore uh, this blue pair uh, a couple weeks ago. I have that pair, and okay. uh, yeah, uh, they're solid. Uh, they feel like Kobe's. So okay. Um, I want to bring up this point with vlogs in a minute. I want to get your take on that, Amit. But uh, previewing tomorrow night. That's kind of a really tough game. JJ, I know you said any early games during a day you just kind of throw out. I'm not that way. I think those are like the prime matchups that we used to saw back in the day. Those were the the Jordan and the Garden games. They were were playing at 1 or 2 o'clock in the afternoon on Sundays, NBA on NBC. Amit knows what I'm talking about. I feel like those are prime games that you need to get up for. So I disagree with that, but I do think – the second on a back-to-back, the second game of a back-to-back is a complete throwaway game. We're never going to see that in the playoffs ever. This is just a weird regular season thing that they do, so I'm throwing tomorrow night away. But we got to play a Spurs team that I had their injury report up, 
It looks like uh, Doug McDermott is not going to be playing, which is good for us because he always lights us up. But DeJounte Murray is just a stud. There's nothing bad you can say about him and his game except for maybe shooting percentage. Um, I don't have a good feeling about this game because we're going from Detroit to San Antonio on a back-to-back. That's pretty screwed up. How are you guys feeling about tomorrow night? DeJounte Murray, by the way, averaging 19.1 points per game, eight rebounds, and nine assists. He's going to be a triple-double machine at some point. Yeah. Would you take DeJounte Murray or SGA? SGA. I'll take uh, Murray. Easy. Easy. Because that guy is clutch. He's clutch, but he's very inconsistent, man. He's inconsistent, but he has just this. He has that Trey Young thing with him, man. He's so unnatural. It's just like it's you. You can't really guard him because you don't know where the shots come. Unorthodox is what I call him in a good way. Like like uh 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 uh, Murray, he's like Russell Westbrook, but uh, actually shoot the ball. And like he, he's a bull, he's a bull in a china shop, and he, like he can play all five positions if he wanted to. I might fight you on that. I'm trying to look up Dejounte Murray's uh, stats right here, and it's saying page not found. And I'm gonna compare him and an SGA. Yeah, stats aren't aren't loading right now. That's really weird on on the site. But the line there's on the game, the line. What is the line on the? Oh, there's no line on the game yet. Is there a line because, on the Rams game? Have you seen it yet? It's it opened at four and a half. I think it's at three and a half right now. Yeah, Ooh, a lot really? of people don't know how to pick this game. A lot of people are unsure. It's still three and a half. Uh, Johnny Venerable was talking about that that they have no idea how to pick this game when it comes to the Rams and Cardinals, which I think it does bode well. It does bode well for us. Um, Iverson blog says SGA. Yeah, I, I mean I would agree right now, but I think you get a stud no matter who you're picking. I don't even think it matters. I like SGA. I just think Dejounte Murray is like, how, like how he came out. Like I, like I think he's going to be primed for success and maybe an MVP in the future. We have to see because he he's still in that category of uh, you know good stats, bad team. So yeah, um, yeah, hundred percent I mean? that right. Versus like I think that I think that Shea has like. He's on a bad team as one games like single handedly. Oh, Devin or Doug McDermott is available tomorrow. By the way, he is available. The only one that's not playing is your backup point guard, Trey Jones. So we're going to see Dejounte Murray, Derek White, Doug McDermott, Keldon Johnson, and Yaka Pirtle. Keldon Johnson lit us up last game. Lonnie Walker is another guy you got to look out out for. Same with Bryn Forbes and Devin Vassell. But here's another opportunity to see Fad Young. Uh, I'm. I'm off the Thad Young train at this point. Are you guys? I am too. That's not what we no. need. That's not yeah. what we need. Eric I was Gordon. About this. So I was looking at it and I was I was I was trying to say, okay, because Eric Gordon, you have to, you're gonna have to give up assets for Eric Gordon, right? But like, what about what about Isaiah Thomas? I don't want Isaiah Thomas. He doesn't play defense, bro. He's too short. Yeah, but for you my... only need him for five minutes. You just need him to cover a five minute span, span offensively. <sighs> I, I I would take the I want Eric Gordon. The problem with Eric Gordon is that he's on a three year deal. That's that's my, well, right? that, that's my problem. You get him for next year and then the year after. Of course, as I said, you can trade one year contracts like it's nothing. That's not a problem. And you have to give up assets to get him. Versus like Isaiah Thomas, I think he's on the scrap heap somewhere. Yeah, we don't have yeah, any part of a trade exception to use. Yeah. 
we don't have a lot to be able to trade out unless you're talking about Dario Saric, which I'm not 100% on, which you guys, you mean, guys know. I mean, Isaiah Thomas, I think, would be solid because, like, if he's running the second unit with campaign, uh, with campaign, he doesn't necessarily need to play defense, but he will definitely be a liability on, on that side of the floor. But, you know, he can shift the rock, man, and that's kind of like what we need uh, coming off the bench. I mean, Eric Gordon, he's the best of both worlds, and if we can get him, I would love it. I just don't want to give up too much for that. We'd have to give up Shamit though. I mean, I'll give Shamit. up Shamit. Shamit's look better. Shamit has looked better. Do you guys disagree? He I'll has looked better. He has looked. No, I, I, I'm still gonna ride with Shamit because I think, you know, I don't know if I said this on the last podcast, but I just think, you know, sometimes a point offense, point five offense, just doesn't it doesn't click right away for for some guys. Some guys they just don't yeah. play that way. He's built in the mold. Sure. He's built in the mold of JJ Redick, where he he's just an you know a movement shooter, and even when he gets like this the just open shots, like they're not as in rhythm as he as as he should be either. It's because he's too open, or it's like you know it's just the guy's too close. Like he doesn't know if he should should attack it. So I, I want to give him a chance because he did show some signs off the dribble. I think he has some playmaking ability, and imagine like the reason we have him is because we traded Javon Carter. So. If we had like, would you rather have Javon Carter or would you rather have Shamit right now? And I'll Sham it, but I don't like that ninety million four year five year deal or whatever. That's what I'm stuck up on. Like, there's 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 not uh, no, many Shamit's guys on a, out. Shamit's on a three year forty. I'm gonna look that. I'm yeah, gonna look that up. Was, I think. I think. Yeah, it was either three or four years. I don't think it was five. Four year forty three. Okay. 43. Yeah. Yeah, like there's not many guys I would uh, trade Shamit for. Don't get me wrong. Shamit has been playing better and stuff. The only guy I would trade Shamit for is Eric Gordon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's just simple that, as that. Like, but, yeah. that's, a, that's a win now move. That's a guy that's 33 years old. That is, that's a win now move. It, it absolutely is. Uh, the good news for the Phoenix Suns is... I'm kind of looking at a lot of, we've been blowing out the bad teams. We've been beating the bad teams. We've got some good teams coming up that we get to play. Not only at San Antonio, which is going to be hard because it's off of a back-to-back and that's a test in itself, but we will get two days off before we play Dallas, who's on a run right now with Luka. I'm really looking forward to Thursday's matchup against Dallas on TNT. Then we play home to Indiana, and then we have a back-to-back game with the Jazz starting next week, Monday, and then the Wednesday after, which you'll, JJ, you're going to the Jazz game on that Monday. I'm going to the Suns and Jazz here in Salt Lake. So it'll be yep. interesting to get our, our two perspectives from that. And then we play Minnesota after that, San Antonio again, Brooklyn, Atlanta, Washington, then finally Chicago, Philly, and Milwaukee. So we're really starting to get into quite a few decent matchups coming up, which makes a game like San Antonio a lesser opponent, a game that we do need to win if we want to keep pace with everybody else at West, fortunately for us, Minnesota beat Golden State today. The Jazz won. Yeah, Minnesota beat Golden State today. Uh, I'm still, I'm not saying anything about Klay Thompson coming back or anything, or, I mean, I'm I'm glad he's back, but I'm not being like, see, look what happens. It wasn't all roses and that, but no, Draymond Green is hurting them. It really is. He shapes their team on defense, you guys. There's no denying that. So. He's offense too. He's our point guard. 
Like he gets the ball at the top of key, top of the key, and he's a great facilitator. Is he injured? He, is is Draymond yeah. injured or is he out with COVID? He, no, he he's injured, and it's tied to. I saw something today that said it's tied to to something in his back, a uh, a disc in his back, which could be oh. a slip disc, which could be like. I mean, that's not a good thing to have, but they're going to reevaluate him in two weeks, which is a good time for us, in my opinion, to not necessarily make a run or stack wins, but, you know, make a run and stack wins here to, to get a little bit of cushion before the all-star break these next two weeks with no Draymond Green. But we have some tough opponents coming up. Um, Brooklyn, uh, here's one from vlogs. Brooklyn won't have KD. Uh, they will have Harden yeah. and Kyrie. That's true. That's true. That, But that is in... That is in like two weeks though, so I'm I'm actually know. going to that game too. I I hope that uh, KD is back, but you know, yeah, just, going, just to watch. I'm going to the February first game. Yeah. So so we have some good games coming up this week, but hard to look past anything for tomorrow. I'm really looking forward to tomorrow to our live stream of the game. We'll have the Spurs on as well too. So many good things. Um. Ahmet, you missed last episode. Do you have anything anything else you want to add to the pod tonight before we close out of here? That's a good question. Um, you know, I mean, just uh, the Suns are the Suns are the best team in NBA, and we have a wealth of depth, and it's just fun to watch this team play, even with the backups. Like it's just seeing Biombo come in, or or Jalen Smith, or even at times, I'm I'm feeling myself going, man, like. Um, Alfred Payton doesn't look that bad. Like when he's just attacking the rim and that's all he's doing, it's not that mm-hmm. bad, you know, against, against like a third, third, third team, third team, uh, group. He, he, he is the best third string point guard in the league. For sure. For sure. He is. So, I mean, you know, the Suns. it's funny cause the Suns. I trust them. The Cardinals, I don't know what to think. Um, you know, we're going huh. into the playoff game and I believe in Kyler Murray. I think he is going to go down as an all timer. Um, and it's funny. I, I I don't even know if I'm bringing why I should bring this up, but I was I was looking at like quarterbacks under six feet. Who are who's like the greatest quarterbacks <laughs> under six feet? You got Drew. Doug Brees. Flutie. You got well. You got Drew Brees. You got Russell Wilson. You got Fran Tarkenton, and then it falls off a cliff. That's where your Fluties and Doug Flutie eat me. I will well, I will okay. die on that hill. How many playoff games did he win? How many I don't Super know. Okay, so did, did, we're looking for Super Bowl. He, wasn't he the quarterback of the Buffalo Bills? Mir- he was the quarter of the miracle of whatever they call it with Tennessee when they threw that cross cross field yeah. pass. He replaced yeah. Rob Johnson, and uh, yeah, whatever. Anyways, I mean, we're looking at we got to get a Super Bowl out of this. Like we got to get it. We got to get a college Super Bowl. Like that. That's that's what I'm. I don't know if it's this year. I felt like at the beginning of the year we all thought that this team had Super Bowl capability with the defense, offense, special teams the way the play con was working the way that the team was built. Now we're just, we just want to win one playoff game and that's all we want. One playoff. Well, game. before it was, we just want to get to the playoffs and now it's this. So it's, I, I, I like where Alex is going with that. And I like what he, what he's saying. I understand the frustration of wanting to get rid of him, but I, I, I do agree with your point that we just can't keep starting over. Can't keep starting over. Can't keep getting rid of your GM and your coach. I mean, it's like that with Arizona State. I've seen it time and time again with them. Every four, four to six years, we're getting a new head coach and nothing's changing for 20 plus years. So I'm now of the mind to let a coach grow in and to develop it. Even if we get blown out, I don't think clean, cleaning house is the correct answer. I really don't. But 
at the same time, going into like a prove it, this is your prove it year again, going through this repetitive pattern is also not good. But it did keep them on their toes this year. They started out 10 and 2 and Kaim had a great offseason. So it, it did start lead them to this. And I, I don't care what anybody says. I think p- picking Rondale Moore was the correct pick at the time. Unfortunately, you know what? He's also a guy that can't stay healthy and he proved it again this year. He did. I'm not high on him playing tomorrow from everything that I've heard with him working on the side half the time, but gee, we've talked about it enough. I can't, I can't get into every point anymore. It's just, it's, I'm feeling calm about it. So freaking leave me there. Amit. Let, let me be calm and be at peace with myself. Be at peace. I'm at peace if we lose, because I feel like, you know, there's a lot of things we left on the table this season. But a lot of it really came down to DeAndre Hopkins getting hurt. Like that changed the whole thing for us. It's and and that can't be overstated enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we can overcome a lot of the deficiencies on defense. Uh, but if you take Hopkins off the field and everybody else is not as good as they are, and that, that that's pretty much where we are. Yeah, that is that's the best player. He's better than Kyler. Yeah, he's just he's built different. He just is like. He, he has the perfect hands, the height, the speed, everything. He he is the, the ideal wide receiver. I mean, you'd love to get a, a, a Calvin Johnson six foot seven freak, but that's not that's not plausible, right? That's not <laughs> we're never going to see another wide receiver like that again. People thought DK Metcalf was going to be that guy, and he's not. He's not Calvin Johnson. He's the perfect player in my mind. D hop. He was my favorite wide receiver before we got him. And that's saying something. I mean, my favorite running back was probably ricky williams back in the day and then after that big drop off and suddenly i love everything that christian mccaffrey does he just can't stay healthy we'll find out in less than 24 hours you guys any special game day plans that you guys are doing i think i'm gonna i'm smoking uh pork belly burnt ends for like four to five hours so i'll have some pork pork ends and uh i got two more beers from that four pack that i got i'm gonna be enjoying tomorrow ahmed do you have any special game day plans game day food I mean, my brother. Do you, do you have to work? Over. Do you have to work tomorrow on yeah, MLK I'm Day? Tomorrow. Dope. Uh, my son is going to be in art camp from three to six. So hopefully, my wife is going to pick him up. Um, so I, I mean, she's going to pick him up. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I can't. I'm not we'll missing the game. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just gonna. We're just gonna be chilling here. Like I'm just like when when it comes to these games where it's you don't know what's gonna happen. I don't like to be in in crowds. I don't like to be in groups. I just want to be, you know, in, in my home. Yeah you know, in control of the situation. Cause one of my friends, he's a Niners fan. He wanted to go to a bar and I'm like, bro, I'm not, I can't go to a bar for this game. Like there's no way I'm going to a bar. No. I want to be at home. JJ, you got any special game day plans, food, drinks, anything special out of the ordinary for tomorrow's wonderful MLK Monday night football game. Um, like, uh, I'm working tomorrow. I, I picked up some OT. Um, I'll like, I'm gonna be home, uh, a little early. Uh, I'm gonna pick up a rejected. Sorry, you got to work tomorrow, bro. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, it's all good. Uh, do you guys have any uh, alcohol recommendations? I was going to pick up maybe a, a pack or something. Do you have to work I've on been... Tuesday? Uh, yeah, but I'm not like a big drinker. I just want something to drink uh, during the game. Have you ever had hard kombucha? I've had uh, kombucha, but not hard kombucha. No. What? You should try hard kombucha, dude. It's good. I didn't know there it'll, was alcoholic kombucha. It'll set your system right, and it tastes great. And they sometimes you can get them in like seven or eight percent. Are you looking for a beer? Are you looking for spirits, uh, mixed drinks? What do you want? 
I'll, I'll tell you what I like. I like Blue Moons. I like Modelo's. Uh, like uh, uh, you should are cool. You should go to. You should buy a, a micro brew, like a six pack variety pack of a micro brew. Okay. And and, and sip on those, because okay. I mean I, that's what I'm going to be doing tomorrow. I am going to in the morning. I take that back. I'm going to have a couple bloody Caesars. Oh, <laughs> I've had one of those. I've, I've had some bloody Caesars. Delicious. Uh, but uh, well, food wise, uh, I'll probably pop pop in a lasagna, have some garlic bread, you know, have it right here during the game, you know, bone apple tea. But man, I like, I'm just nervous, man. Uh, expectations change, you know, like uh, just with sports, you know, especially being fans, you see like your expectations with this Cardinals team, like was like, I, I predicted 13 wins because I like just the talent we picked up. It's like, like we can make something out of this and like, we saw them get to 10 and two our expectations was like, okay, we, we need to make a deep run. And, you know, then the next half of the season was just kind of just tanking and, you know, and expectations change again. It's like, we need to win this game tomorrow uh, for me to keep my sanity. I'm not saying we need to go all the way to the Super Bowl because, you know, we have to go through Brady. We have to go through Rogers, but like if we do get to the to the Super Bowl, like the Chiefs don't really intimidate me. Like they're still going through don't, their stuff. So. Don't go there. Don't go there. I, I'm, I'm the, not. Focus I'm not. on the task at hand. But I, hey. I, my my full focus is on the game tomorrow, and I'm I, I'm nervous, man. I, I'm nervous, but listen, I, I'm just gonna keep myself full. Listen, the teams that have won today looked poised and in control. Yeah. They 100% did. If we come out tomorrow and we look, everybody's going like this. We're blowing coverages, runs for 7, 8 to 12 to 15 yards, and they're throwing 15 to 25-yard passes like it's nothing, and we can't do anything on offense. If we look that anemic on offense, I will 100% come on this podcast Wednesday night. Actually, Monday night, I will be calling for Cliff Kingsbury's head. 100%. 100%. If we look, I'm talking about if we look like we did against the Panthers. Yeah. If we look like that, I am With done. With everybody if, back. Yeah. Yep. I am done. Now, if we come back and if it's what Bo said and or what Alex, excuse me, and it's 34 31 and it's competitive and they got the ball last and we missed a tipped interception or things like that, I'm, I'm down for, for another year. I hate to say that. Your job is on the line tomorrow, but it is hundred percent. That's a warm seat, dude. It, it depends. It depends on performance. I mean, look, here's the thing about like when you add these extra wild card teams, you get shittier games. So we saw it, right? Like we saw oh, Eagles are garbage. Like the the Raiders should have never been there. It should have been the it mm. should have been the Chargers. That, like that was a good game. I mean, Coach Keys for the Cardinals. Yeah, there there's just a lot Hashtag of tag like, it, Roy. You know, even with the wild card, like you see the quality of football gets better every week. Divisional round gets better. And then my opinion, the best round of football is championship uh, Sunday. Because those are you've seen the four best teams play um, at the highest level with rhythm. Super Bowl is a little different because you get the two weeks and there's there's some like posturing between like, you know, showing like what you want to show and all that sort of thing. But look, I mean, if Kyler has a ball with two minutes to go, I'm confident. If we get the ball and it's our chance to win a game. I feel confident with Kyler because one 
Cliff isn't making those calls, Kyler's going to be doing that stuff at the line. Um, no. Number one, number two, he's just he's just that talented, and we got a good kicker. Um, so only concern is if we get to like the nine yard line and it's first and goal from the nine, then like what the hell are we gonna like? Then it gets you know then it gets dicey. But um, you know we need we all we need is a ball with two minutes to go. We're we're doing both, Roy. We're we're doing both. We're gonna have I'm at least I am. I'm gonna have the Cardinals game up here and on my iPad in front of me. I'll have it on my on my other screen to be able to watch the Suns game. Uh, so yeah, we'll definitely be talking about both. And and good call, Roy. I was a big proponent on keys to games in the playoffs last year. Some people thought it wasn't an important segment, but you know what? Everything that I predicted absolutely did come true because I happen to know what I'm talking about once or twice a year. But during the playoffs, and that's one of them, keys for the Cardinals to win. And I'm not going to give out a prediction. Here's what they need to do to win. 35-plus runs. 35, not 30, not 25, 35-plus runs. And that includes Chase Edmonds doing everything I said, inside-outside runs. That includes draw plays for Kyler and sneaks, whatever. That includes James Conner. It also includes getting it to Christian Kirk on end-arounds and quick uh, tosses to Rondale Moore. I want to see five players rushing the ball five at the end of the day, keep everybody off balance and then throw in, as I said, a lot of the screen plays to running backs too. I want to see a Zach Ertz screenplay. I want to see yeah. an AJ green fake screenplay, like some sort of end around. I want to see two to three trick plays as well too. We need to see him empty that bag to win. Now, of course, if we're just gashing them on the ball, on running the ball, we won't need to be running trick plays, right? But I want to see that. And then I want to see deep shots out of the play action. But that all stems from, from running the ball and being able to keep up. Number two, stopping the run. We need to 100% contain any run scheme that they can conjure up. I do not want to see Sony Michelle galloping for seven to nine yards. It needs to be minimum two yard to three yard gains. Like three yard is the max. You have to stop them at three yards and no more than that. Stopping those plays and then avoiding shooting yourself in the foot. That includes big plays, giving up big plays to Cooper Cup or Van Jefferson. That includes not turning the ball over and it's third and one. And all of a sudden there's a false start. So 35 plus runs, stopping the run, avoid shooting yourself in the foot. That's it. If we do those things, we will win. If you want to add a fourth one, I would say be perfect on special teams. Perfect. That includes a 56 to 58 yard field goal from Matt Prater. Be perfect. Um, I've taken up way too much time. Do you guys have any final, final, final thoughts? I'm going to put myself on mute to even just not say anything anymore. Uh, uh, I'll add a couple things. <laughs> uh, 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 really a couple things, uh, sense of urgency. We, we gotta, we gotta play like, like we need, we need this game. He's and, on fire. And, and secondly, move the chains. We don't need to be going deep every time. He's on fire. And then thirdly, um, uh, leave the field with points. We, we can't boom shakalaka. We can't just be uh, – it can't be like the Packers game. We can't go like four or five drives without scoring. You know, like we, we need to leave the field with points because like we sh- we shown with Dallas and uh, the Vikings and you can go uh, – in uh, 
you, you can just go back to the our recent games. It came down to three to seven points in 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 a good few games. So, like, leave the field with uh, points regardless, touchdown or field goal. If we can get to the 42, 43 yard line, kick it every time. Like, just just get away with points. Amit, anything else before we drop out of here? Yeah, I mean, you know, we just got to be able. So the the there's two things working in our favor. One, um, the Rams are not good against the run, and then two, um, you know, I forget the second one I had it in my head, but either way, we have to be able to stop the run. We cannot give up those long runs, as you said, because that play action is what Stafford, what Jared Goff, what makes Sean McVay's offense is the play action. He's on fire. Those runs. We cannot give up big runs to them. That's my uh, favorite. We have to right run there. to be able to run the ball against their run because their run defense, because it's susceptible. So that, that that's what we got to do. And I know that we have it in us to have a run defense. We saw it against the Tennessee. We've seen it in spurts against other teams, against the Cowboys. So, you know, that, I mean, it's pretty simple. Like it's not, it's not really We've that hard. It. Like, the, the big players, the superstars have to show up. Superstars have to show up. Here we go. Tomorrow. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, I've got nothing else I can say. Suns fans, Cardinals fans, Valley fans. They got to go out there and prove it. Please share this podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We will see you tomorrow night. Tyler, we trust. Six years ago today, guys. Six years ago today, by the way.